Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Cordell Riley. Hi, it is my pleasure to welcome you to our session today. It's also my pleasure to welcome to the session Jason Forrest of Forrest Performance Group. So Jason, do me a favor, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and also a little bit about Forest Performance Group. I created our company, uh, Forest Performance Group, about, about 10 years ago, and the whole concept behind FPG is how do we unleash human performance? And the reason why I did that is because I realized that so many training companies out there, they're, they're, um, they say they're trainers and they're there to change behavior, but they don't actually change behavior. Um, and so what I did is I I started obsessing over this idea of really how do you change someone's behavior, realizing that it's more than just um, a, a seminar. It's more than just an event. It's more than just a rah-rah session. Uh, there's actually a process that needs to happen in order to make that happen. And so, um, so over the last 10 years, I've really obsessed over trying to find the right, the right formulas in order to change behavior in, in human beings. Awesome, awesome. So changing behaviors, and, and maybe you just answer it uh, there, Jason, but one thing I wanted to follow up and ask on that, I was, as I was reading your bio, there was a statement, and I want to read this to make sure I get it exactly right, that resonated with me. It says, you're a trainer on a mission, a trainer on a mission. Maybe you already said, but I'd just love to hear you talk about what you mean, what's your mission as a trainer here? Yeah, I, I would say my simple mission is to convince everyone I meet that they're enough. Uh, that would be my simple mission. And what I mean by that is, you know, for the longest time, I, I, I'll be honest, I was raised in a very uh, supportive, loving, inspirational type of family. And so, uh, so I would go out into the world, and I would start teaching people, you know, techniques on how to get themselves a pay raise, uh, techniques on how to be a more effective leader, um, to, to, to be a better, a better manager for people. And I would get very frustrated on why are people just not doing these simple concepts. And what I realized, uh, I had a breakthrough one day, and it was actually from the Brene Brown a TED talk at the very end, she says, when I can say I am enough, I start listening and I stop screaming. And if you kind of unpack that for a second, what it means is when people say that they're not enough, they scream a lot in the form of alibis and excuses, and they do not listen in the form of coaching and new ideas because they don't believe they're enough. So they don't believe it's them. They don't believe it's all on them. They believe it's the market, the economy, um, the, you know, the, what gender they are, uh, what time of uh, what generation they were born into. Uh, so they don't, they don't believe that they really were enough. And so um, one of the, the, the mission that we're on is to convince everyone we meet that they are enough. And, and everything we goes, goes around that premise, we're a very non-shaming training organization. Uh, one of the, the main statements that we make whenever we start is, is uh, we start every speech basically the same way, and that is uh, you're not broken and we're, and we're not here to fix you. Uh, we're here to liberate you. Uh, we're here to give you permission to be the best version of you and, and, um, and tell you that, that on day one of your life, you were perfect. On day one of your life, you were great. And all you need to be successful is already within you. So why, what does that mean? Well, what happens is every day thereafter, after day one of our life, uh, we start to learn uh, new rules, new what we call leashes, uh, new reluctances, new fears that hold us back. And that comes from our, our teachers, that comes from our um, the books we read, the media that comes from the friends we hang out with, all that stuff uh, literally convinces us daily that we are not enough. And so one of the things that we do is we take human beings and we believe we want to be the main source for them, at least start the conversation of everyone around you has told you that you're not enough, meaning that it's the market, the economy, it's 
who gets elected president. I mean, that has nothing to do with if a person's going to be successful or not, of who actually makes it into the White House. But that's what people believe is what matters for them. They believe that is what is going to uh, create success in their life, not the sheer fact that they were already born enough. They were already born great. And so as soon as we can uh, liberate them and help them see that, then everything will change for them. And then they start listening to coaching and to CDs and to watching webcasts like this. I mean, right now, there are people that just flat out absolutely don't believe they're enough that aren't going to even watch this. Uh, because they're so far removed from the belief system of, of maybe I'm enough, maybe I'm not enough, but they, they totally don't believe they're enough. They won't even watch this. Because again, they don't think it matters because it's not, it's not in their control. They just chose the world's worst lottery ticket, and that's what they believe. Jason, I know that you're working on, on a new book, and I know that one of the topics in this book is why training fails. Um, talk a little bit about your, your experience or your take on why you think that's an important topic to talk about, why training fails. Awesome. Thank you. Well, everything we, we um, uh, all of our programs all come around this one formula that we've created. And the formula is performance equals knowledge minus leashes. Performance equals knowledge minus leashes. Well, so let's just break this formula down. So performance is, is what we do, what we do, um, which will turn into a certain re- result. It's a cause and effect relationship. Um, well, that equals what we know. The knowledge. So we learn new knowledge all the time, knowledge on how to be a better parent, knowledge on how to be better at certain technology, uh, knowledge on, um, knowledge on, on uh, how to sell something, the process, what to say, when to say it, how to say it, uh, speaking skills. Here's the knowledge on how to be a more effective speaker. Well, the question is, well, why is it that people will learn things? They'll, give, they'll be given the knowledge, but that doesn't actually turn into performance. I mean, it should. I mean, if you think about it, it's simple. It's like, okay, well, I learned this, so now I'm going to go do what I've learned. Well, that's because they have to minus out the leashes. And the leashes are the resistance, both internally and externally, that is keeping them from actually using the knowledge. Uh, so, for example, it would be the, the rules that hold them back. So a great example of that would be, um, uh, you know, when it comes to sales. Sales, for example, people say, well, I have to earn the right to ask a person to buy. Well, how do you know you've earned the right? Well, because they're smiling, they're nodding, they're um, uh, um, asking me questions, they're engaged. And I said, well, so you've never sold anyone that doesn't smile? You're saying people who don't smile have never bought anything in their entire life ever before? Well, I guess no, people do buy when they don't smile. Great. Well, let me liberate you from that because that's, an, that's a leash that's holding you back from using the knowledge on asking this person to move forward with you in the purchase that will then drive the, you know, that will create that result and that performance change. And so, you know, another example is um, in personal life. I mean, let's do as a personal relationship people have, you know, I can go up to complete strangers all the time and say, you know, have you, have you found, um, uh, um, uh, can you think of one person who's dated a thousand guys, but hasn't found the one? And they'll say, yeah, I can think of someone. Well, why did the last guy not make it? Well, you know, he was too tall or he was too short or he was too religious or not religious enough or he was too into sports. He wasn't in sports enough or he was too healthy or wasn't healthy enough or he was too into his career. It wasn't his career enough. He was too into family. wasn't his family enough. And, and it's interesting. I mean, every single person who has, who is not fulfilling their goals in life and, and, and what they're trying to achieve, the outcomes in their life, the number one reason is actually the one, they don't know the knowledge, but that's not that's actually the easy part. Most people actually know what to do. It's they've got too many rules. They've got too many leashes that are holding them back. And so I'll ask that complete stranger. So, so great. Do you think you're ever going to find the one you you just, you just laid, you just created this unicorn guy and that unicorn guy does not exist. And so what we need to do right now is we need to remove as many of those leashes as you possibly can so that 
you can actually find the guy that you want. Well, I share that with you because that's the same with any organization. I mean, like look at um, right now, one of the books that I'm actually writing and we have an upcoming event in August um, 1st through 4th that's called Human Performance Unleash the Event. And one of the topics we're going to cover is how to unleash millennials, how to unleash millennials. Well, that's a perfect example of a leash that's holding people back right now. Because when I ask most corporate America CEOs and I say, so tell me about um, millennials. And they'll say, oh, those loser, no good millennials. They don't want to work hard. They don't want to do anything. You know, they, they are always asking when their next raise is and their next promotion is. And man, I just, I don't know what to do with these loser millennials. Well, the first thing I tell them is we'll stop calling them loser millennials. I mean, that's the first step, right? And then the second step is realize that they just were raised differently. They have different programming that than the, the different generations. I mean, their parents, um, they collaborated with them. They, they explained the why to them. They, they, their, their knowledge for them was very different. It wasn't just go, go put your head down at work and, and everything will work out for you. They said, no, no, no. Pick a career that you know that your streaks will be liberated. And pick, get, be a part of a company that you believe in. Be a part of, part of a mission that you believe in. Don't just go to work and get a paycheck. Uh, do it for more than the money. Do it for something you want to give back to the world. Well, their parents told them that. So for 18 years, they were programmed like that. Well, then they get into the work world, and their work parents don't talk to them that way. They don't talk to them in a mission type of way. Well, well that's a leash. That's a corporate leash that, that, that now we've got leadership across America, Fortune 500 companies, that – they're using yesterday's uh, coaching and management strategies to try to unleash today's workforce. Well, it, it's, and it's resulting in zero performance, but they can't change the way they see it. So we've got to give them new knowledge. But we also have to remove their, their, their leashes. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T O R T A L. tortal.net. Jason, I can tell obviously from the conversation here you're very passionate about them. I mean, this is the tagline of your company. I'm looking at unleashing human performance because if you think about business and organization, one of their most single, if not, it's actually probably the most critical investment they have is their human capital. They got to make sure their human capital doesn't have leashes on them to do the things that they're looking to do. And I can tell you're passionate about it. Again, it's a tagline for your, for your company from what I was reading. That's correct. Yeah. And, and to your point, uh, one, of the, one of the number one techniques that we do that I would encourage everyone to really start doing is, and it's very simple to drive performance, very simple concept, but all of our training programs all revolve around this. And we don't do, people don't hire us for one-day events. They hire us for long-term behavioral change that's sustainable within the culture. And that's really, and that's with our service programs, our sales programs, our manager programs, um, our culture programs, they're all, it's all about long-term sustainable, how do we drive profit through our people? But one of the single things that's easy for everyone to start doing um, that we do in all of our programs is every time we talk to someone, it's all about giving them knowledge and removing the leashes. So here, so the phrase that I like to use a lot, and I tell my instructors this all the time, my coaches, and this is what we do, is tell, always tell them why, why to do a certain technique. First start with why, then tell them what to do, then tell them how to do it, and then sandwich it with a why again. But then once you do that, now you've given them all the knowledge. Well, now we gotta minus out the leashes. So then you say, so do you agree that technique will work 100% of the time in this scenario? 
Okay. Uh, when will you do it? When will, will you do it? And, and, and can you call us afterwards and celebrate? But just the reason why that's so important is because, because you, know, you know, a lot of times we're effective at giving people, here's why to do it, here's what to do, here's how to do it, and here's why to do it again. You know, we need to improve on that in a lot of cases, but that's, that's kind of step one. But where people really fall short when they're teaching something is they don't remove the leashes by asking them, do you agree that this is going to work 100% of the time? Just by asking that one question, you're immediately going to uncover the leashes. And they're going to say, well, about 100% of the time, Jason. Oh, well, let's give me an example where it's not going to work. And immediately now they've identified a leash. And so now we can coach through that leash um, and get them to a point and say, okay, yeah, I agree it'll work 100% of the time now. Great. Okay, so will you do it? Well, that'll, un that'll uncover another leash. Well, I agree it's going to work, but I don't think I'm going to do it. Oh, well, let's talk about it. What's keeping you from doing it, you know? And then when will you do it? Well, I'm going to do it, you know, next week. Well, why not today? You know, I mean, is, is now too soon to start giving yourself a pay raise? I mean, when do you want to start giving your pay raise? Next month, you know? And I mean, right about now, you know? And so just but that process of giving them the knowledge and removing the leashes is, is the single most important technique in order to drive performance and that whole formula, performance equals knowledge minus leashes, I mean, that really is the beginning of um, this Why Training Fails book. You know, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to it besides that, but, I mean, that's the main crux of it is, is how do we just completely relook at what training's all about and why it actually fails, not to check it off some box. You know, it's a, we need cultural support. We need buy-in. Um, training needs to have experiential learning. Uh, training needs to make sure that it's very tactical. I mean, there's a lot of elements in order to actually change behavior that so many organizations, they sign up for training, but it just fails. It doesn't work because they're missing a lot of the different pieces. I want to ask you to go back for one second, but something I read and you just said, and I want to actually just expound upon it a little bit, a one day training session versus long-term plan or long-term sessions that are going to deliver change. Just talk about those two for one quick second. That's something I hear a lot about. And I just love to hear you talk about a one-day training session versus something that's a little more long-term type of initiative there. Yeah, perfect. Yes, yeah, so I just want to picture a very simple scenario. So let's say I let's say um, you know I you just got on a, um, a Southwest flight. You know, uh, all of a sudden you're on a Southwest flight. You walk on, you get in your seat, you put your little seatbelt on. You know, and and uh, all of a sudden you hear in the you know the loudspeaker. Um, hey, hey, this is uh, this is uh, Jason Conley with Southwest Airlines, and hey, I just want you to know that. Um, um, you know, I've been to a one-day seminar on how to fly a plane. I've read the workbook. I've taken a test. Um, I got this thing figured out. So I, got, I want you guys to know it's my first time to actually fly, but I've done this. I got this thing figured out, and so buckle up for safety. I got you. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. What would you do? What would you do? Would you, you would get off the plane, I hope. Is that correct? <laughs> Jason, first of all, with that accent, I would not feel too enthused with the accent. It would give me pause for concern. <laughs> yeah, but you would get off the plane. Why would you get off the plane in a scenario like that? Yeah, one day. I don't. I want somebody that's done a lot more than just one day. I think in those types of things, I, I wouldn't feel confident. It wouldn't give me the confidence I'm looking for. That person knows what they're doing. Perfect. Good. So when it comes to flying a plane, when it comes to putting our kids behind a car, you know, to drive a car, when it comes to a surgeon operating on us, all of these require experiential learning. They require a process where people give them the knowledge and then they practice the knowledge, they experience the knowledge with a flight instructor next to them or a driver instructor next to them. Or, you know, um, if you're a surgeon, you've got obviously other doctors that are overseeing you. I mean, there's a constant experiential process to, to make sure I've mastered these skills. But yet we put people in a sales world, for example, and we say, hey, 
you know, the entire revenue and profitability is on your shoulders right now. We're in the worst economy on the planet, and all I need you to do right now is go out there and increase sales 20%. If you don't, then we've got 100 employees that are depending on you that we're going to have to let go. But you know what? You're in good hands because you just went through a two-day workshop and you passed the test. You got this whole thing figured out. So go do that. We're all going to depend on you. We're all going to rely on you. You've got this. How is that any different than surgery or a plane? I know you believe that coaching is really important. I heard you mention that a couple times as you were talking about various things. Talk a little bit about why you think coaching is so important as it relates to this arena we're talking on here. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, coach, coaching is really everything. I mean, the, so, so I, when I first got into uh, sales management, I was a salesperson, got into sales management and I didn't know what to do. And so my boss said, Oh, well, here's what you do. You know, salespeople like gifts. Uh, they like to, you know, they like for you to help them. So go out there, bring them a gift, bring them a Starbucks and ask them how you can help them. All right, I'll do that. And so I went out there and I, I'd say, um, you know, Hey, I'm Jason Forrest and, you know, I'm your manager and here's a Starbucks and I heard you like a cafe latte tall. I got you some lemon cake as well. Is there anything I can help you do, you know, to help you out? Yeah, here's what you can do, Jason. Here, you, can, uh, you can get marketing off my rear. You can get me better pricing. I need better brochures. You know, um, uh, I need better, you know, I need, I need you to approve this deal, you know. Okay, I'll do that. And I would go do all that stuff. And I just, you know, and what I realized is that I was nothing more than a six-figure overpaid admin. I mean, the stuff that I was doing, anyone making $10 an hour or less could pull off with just as much ease and mastery as I was doing. So then I was like, man, this is not working out. So fortunately, a, a position came open to be a national trainer for a Fortune 500 company. I was like, oh, well, I love teaching. I love all that kind of stuff. So let me go do that. And I was successful at selling. And so I went and did that. And then I would teach these workshops, these seminars, and then I would have a, a, a salesperson who would say, hey, Jason, can you come shadow me and spend time with me? I, I need to help go through some problems. Okay. And I'd go out there and I'd give her some tips. Christina gave her some tips. She'd call me up and say, hey, Jason, when are you going to come back out? Because I did what you said. I made $3,000 or more commission and I want more money. And I said, okay, well, uh, why don't you get Jill, your manager, to do that? Jill doesn't do that. What does Jill do? Well, Jill brings me Starbucks. Jill, you know, takes stuff off my plate. Jill makes sure that you know, corporate's not breathing down my neck. She'll make sure I have better signage and brochures and collateral, better product and pricing. It's like, oh, I remember those days. Jill was a manager. And I just realized, so I became obsessed with, you know, at that moment, you know, I was a teacher. And, and coaching is about teaching. Coaching is about making people better versus managing is about making circumstances easier. And that's a big difference. And we spend way too much of our time managing by how do I make it easier for you to be successful versus how do I make you better? And making people better is what coaching is. So I started studying. I read, I read so many books on sales management, and I realized that uh, none of them got it right. They were all about reports versus in, in making things easier and managing reports and kind of the back end versus being on offense and making people better. And so what I did is I took this preframe and I said, well, what if, what if the world's best sports coaches – that were out there, what if they ran a team? How would they do things differently? And so I started studying the world's best coaches in basketball and football for thousands of hours. And what I realized is that they're different. I mean, they're in the trenches. They're tactical. They're not in the skybox. They're calling plays play by play. They're calling timeouts. They're calling audibles. They're giving constant little corrections along the way. 
in a very positive way. It's a very collaborative, very teaching type environment. And so that's what I was on the journey for. So I wrote the book called Leadership Sales Coaching. Um, and then we have a program that this actually just won an um, international award for the, the best sales management development program in the world out of 40 countries. But it was off that premise of how do we transform managers into coaches. And now the book and the curriculum is actually being taught at High Point University in North Carolina. It's being taught as their, um, their MBA in sales management. It's a third of their entire curriculum. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. Jason, I think you uh, framed that in a very, very appropriate way. Because one of the things I always think about when I look at this, I'm a huge sports fan. I think Michael Jordan was probably the best guy ever played basketball. And I look, Michael Jordan had a coach, to your points, looking to get the best out of that person. So I think that's a great way to look at it. I think the sports analogy makes a lot of sense associated with it. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, Jason, one other thing, as I was reading your information and looking at your company, one thing that I found very, very interesting, because I don't see many training companies do this, but you make sure to address people's beliefs as you're looking to unleash the human potential. You're making sure that you're addressing people's beliefs. Can you talk a little bit about why you think that's important also? Oh, absolutely. So, so I remember when my first, uh, my first uh, accounts that I had, I would go in there and, and this is back again over 10 years ago and I would go in there and I would teach people uh, the same skills. You have brand new salespeople, brand new managers. And I would teach them the skills, the knowledge on what to do. And, and, and then they would leave um, with all the same kind of, you know, brand new in the business and, and one salesperson would outperform the other three to one. Same circumstance, same situation. Everything was the same. I was like, gosh, what in the world is going on with this? And, and the metaphor I want to use for beliefs is I want you to picture two uh, waste baskets. Okay, so picture two buckets. Um, and one bucket is a 10-gallon bucket and the other is a three-gallon bucket. Well, then picture the skills, the behaviors, the processes, the techniques, the how-tos, the what-to-dos. Picture those as wads of paper. And so we throw them equally in both buckets, one that's three-gallon bucket and one that's a 10-gallon bucket. Well, very quickly, the three-gallon bucket is going to overflow if it's not already overflowing with even the first new how-to. The 10-gallon bucket has plenty of room to grow. Well, I use that as, as, to me, the metaphor to explain that we must expand people's bucket size in the form of beliefs because people will only do what they believe is possible to achieve in a certain circumstance. That's all they will do. So every single day, people wake up with a certain uh, um, dollar sign on their head of this is what I believe is possible for me to achieve in this circumstance, in this situation, and, and they will not do any more or any less. So we are always going to use our behaviors to the level that we believe is possible. And so what is so important when it comes to training is we must give them the new wads of paper, the new skills, processes, behaviors, emotional states, but we also have to expand their comfort zone, expand their belief system along the way. And the big thing, the big formula everyone wants to write down or what we call is the, our matrix, and that is that programming, which is uh, what we've been told to be true, uh, drives what we believe, which is what we think to be true, which drives our um, um, emotions, which is 
what we, how we feel, which drives our motivation, which is why we do, which drives our behaviors, which is what we do, which of course drives our results, which is what we receive and what we get. Well, it's important that when you train people, if you're truly trying to change behavior, you can't just attack the behavior side because there's, there's some cause and effect below that. There's the motivation, which is why they should do the behavior. There's the emotional state, which is how they feel. They feel confident or fearful or, uh, and then there's the uh, belief, which is, um, do they believe they can do it? You know, do they believe it's all in them. Do they believe they're enough, which comes, of course, comes from their programming, which is, uh, were they told that it's the right thing to do? You know, so, we had, so when it comes to training, what really separates us from everyone else that we are obsessed over is, is we are constantly giving people the behaviors, the motivation, the emotional states, the beliefs, as well as adjusting their past programming and conditioning so that uh, we can we can we can increase the performance that um, they need. Jason, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time, Jason. You've shared some tremendous things about how a trainer on a mission, a trainer looking to unleash the human capital element associated with. It. So, some great uh, information you shared. Thank you very very much. Take care. Bye bye. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.